This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm joined today by my colleagues Ayush and Basant, who've been on the go for a while now. They've been doing some intense work in Ayodhya with regards to the Ram Janbhoomi land deal. Before we dive into their work, I just want to tell our listeners that News Laundry has grown in the last few months. We're now a small but strong team of reporters. Our editors are constantly guiding us and producers are working around the clock while we're on ground researching, shooting and writing our reports. Uh, You've been the reason why we're able to do this work and we really hope that you will continue to have our backs in the future as well. If you aren't already and would like to, then you can head on over to the website, newslaundry.com and click subscribe button on the top right corner. Uh, this will really help us go more on ground. Now, Ayush and Basant, hi guys. Thank you for taking the time to join me while you're on the ground. Hi, hi. Hello. Hi, Basant. Hello, Naskar. Naste. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick introduction, a little bit of backstory of the case. Uh, so far, Ayush and Basant have done three ground reports from Ayodhya. Before we start, just a quick recap. In 2019, the Supreme Court, after decades of legal battle, finally gave a verdict on the Ayodhya case. It said that the disputed land would be handed over to a trust formed by the government and that this trust would oversee the construction of the Ram Mandir. The trust was formed and called the Sri Ram Janbhumi Tirth Ketra. Uh, I actually remember the day the verdict was given and it was a really uh, strange sort of eerie day in Delhi where uh, things had sort of come to a half standstill and everyone wondered if uh, the day would end in some sort of violence. Uh, Do you both remember where you were and what you were doing on the day the verdict had come out? Yeah, I mean, I was in in Ayodhya the day it came out and uh, it was pretty uh, wild people i remember ayodhya town is a very small town it has hundreds of hundreds of temples and outside all these temples there were you know devotees from different parts of uttar pradesh bihar coming there was they were they were dancing like it was holy and they were throwing around colors and it was a very jubilant mood here but yeah mm. it, it, even though the whole fear of violence you know was something that was cautioned but things were pretty normal and they were मिनिस्टर uh currently the construction is underway uh, so for our listeners can one of you explain the geography of the land now that you're there so from what i understand it's multiple pieces of land owned by different people bought by different people and finally sold to the mandir trust right can you can one of you explain uh, how the division is yeah so the the contested territory you know it's surrounded by lots of uh, again lots of temples and people have owned this land uh, you know uh, since the i mean the records which we have seen the ownership goes back to you know people in the 1930s during the british era and most of the land here uh, used to be uh, owned by the british government the colonial government and 
uh, after the after independence it passed on to again the you know the government elected in free india and the site is you can say most of ayodhya is just on the banks of saryu you know if you stand on the coast it's almost like a coast because the saryu is so wide and big it almost looks like a sea and then you walk perhaps 200 300 meters in and there is the uh, you know the site where the babri masjid once stood and it's a, the, the masjid complex is used to be even then completely surrounded by temples what here people call these bodies called akharas where uh, you know mm-hmm. they're almost institutions of sadhus and mm-hmm. nirmohi akhara was one that you know first lay claim to the what we call the ram janmabhoomi today and they were the main party uh, including the nirvani akhara which is another akhara in the supreme court case and uh, now it's uh, you know after the land was given to the trust uh, most of the ownership here falls into uh, the hands of these temples these akharas and it's it's not really a big piece of land it's a small village it used to be called kot ramchandra before 92 but after 92 after the demolition of the masjid it came to be known as ramkot and you can say mm-hmm. you know probably the whole area can sum up in couple or three or four square kilometers it's really not that big and uh, just a few weeks ago the aam aadmi party and samajwadi party together alleged that there was a scam in this uh, land deal uh, basant can you explain what are these allegations and why is uh, why are these two parties saying this at this point aam aadmi party aur samajwadi party ke neta kon pandey ne jo allegation lagaya wo tha ek yahan pe jagah hai bag vijay se जो राम मंदिर जहाँ बन रहा है वहाँ से लगभग ढाई किलोमीटर दूर है वहाँ पे ट्रस्ट ने एक जमीन खरीदी जिसकी कीमत ट्रस्ट को 18 करोड़ रुपए 18.5 करोड़ रुपए देनी पड़ी थी और विवाद इसलिए खड़ा हो गया कि वही जमीन कुछ मिनट पहले दो करोड़ में दो लोगों ने खरीदी जिनका नाम था सुल्तान अंसारी और रवि मोहन तिवारी और उन्होंने ट्रस्ट को अठारह करोड़ रुपये में बेच दिया था पहला विवाद जो आम आदमी पार्टी और समाजवादी पार्टी ने एलिगेशन लगाई ये पहला एलिगेशन था कुछ दिनों बाद एक और मामला सामने आ गया कि उसी दिन आठ करोड़ रुपए में उसी जमीन का एक हिस्सा ट्रस्ट ने डायरेक्ट हरीश पाठक और उनकी पत्नी कुसुम पाठक से खरीदी थी विवाद इसलिए खड़ा हो गया कि उसी जमीन का एक हिस्सा ट्रस्ट आठ करोड़ रुपए में पाठक दंपति से खरीदता है और उसी का थोड़ा सा ज्यादा हिस्सा अठारह करोड़ रुपए में रवि मोहन तिवारी और सुल्तान अंसारी से खरीदता है और जो ये ट्रस्ट दो लोगों से खरीद रहा है सुल्तान अंसारी और रवि मोहन से उनको थोड़ी देर पहले ही वो जमीन पाठक दंपति ने दो करोड़ रुपए में बेची थी तो विवाद ऐसे शुरू हुआ कि ट्रस्ट ने डायरेक्ट पाठक से दोनों जमीनें क्यों नहीं खरीद ली बीच में दो लोग कैसे आ गए और उनको सीधे सोलह करोड़ का मुनाफा कैसे हो गया इसके पीछे क्या कारण था और इन दोनों खरीद बिक्री में जो गवाह थे वो यहाँ के मेयर और साथ में ट्रस्ट के एक अहम सदस्य अनिल कुमार मिश्रा ये दो लोग दोनों खरीद बिक्री में दो करोड़ रुपए में खरीदवाने में भी और अठारह करोड़ में ट्रस्ट को बिकवाने में भी इन दोनों में गवाह यही दो लोग थे तो इसीलिए सवाल खड़े हुए एंड योर फर्स्ट रिपोर्ट इंट्रोड्यूसेस अस टू दिस पर्सन कॉल्ड हरीश पातक आयुष कैन यू टेल मी व्हाट इज द बैकग्राउंड ऑफ हरीश पातक हु इज दिस मैन एंड वाई आर वी बींग इंट्रोड्यूस टू हिम ही इज नॉट अ वेरी वेल रिगार्डेड मैन इन अयोध्या और इवन द नेबरिंग डिस्ट्रिक्ट because as we reported um, there are several cases against him uh, in barabanki which is a neighboring district and uh, in 
Sant Kabir Nagar, another neighboring district, and we've heard stories of people from even Banaras uh, filing cases against him. Basically, he started a company called the Saket Goat Farming in 2009, which promised mm-hmm. that uh, you know if people would buy bonds, which would cost five thousand rupees, and after forty-two months, that is three and a half years, those bonds would mature into either you'd get eight thousand from the same investment, or you'd get uh, two goats instead. And you know, so th- that was that's that's rather lucrative. And if you're buying, say, bonds worth, if you buy it worth five lakh, then after three and a half years, that will be worth eight lakh. So a lot of people mm-hmm. put a lot of their money. Uh, we spoke to not only people who put money by by their own volition, but also people who worked for Saket Good Farming, and they invested their own money as well as. um uh, they invited and persuaded others to put lakhs and lakhs of their money into the scheme but of course two, two three years later when the time came and when these bonds matured the returns uh did not arrive mr patak uh, i mean if we read the fir's in the case he threatened some of them to to kill them or you know he just asked them to get lost and then came the slew of cases after these people uh, alleged that this man is You know, um, fundamentally a fraud, and since 2016, which is when we know the first, I think the earliest FIR we have known is 2016. Mr. Pathak's property here in Faisalabad, Ayodhya, has been seized by the police. His car has been at the local police station. We have seen it, and we've been told that he's absconding, that he's on the run, uh, because he was not showing up for court proceedings. so you know and the fir has not just charged him for fraud it's also for impersonation criminal breach of trust criminal intimidation and uh, so it it was really intriguing that this man who's been on the run for so long one day shows up in faisalabad at the registrar's office sells the land to uh, the ram janmabhoomi trust directly and to two people who then sell it to the trust in the presence of the mayor who should have been doing something about this man who's absconding being in his presence right there and then he disappears into the night because since then or many reporters have tried to find out where mr pathak and his wife are but no one really knows so that that, that makes it so murky and that raises so many questions about what kind of people is the trust dealing with right and now your report also goes a little further back to show us that harish uh, himself brought the land from four individuals javed alam mahfooz alam feroz alam and noor alam uh, why is this sale so significant to the case and like what is the loophole that you all have found in it yeah because see the tale is uh, intriguing because the trust has ended up buying land that originally belongs to the waqf board and when has that ever gone wrong in ayodhya right i mean they mm-hmm. just fought a decades long protracted battle over a piece of land and now it turns out that there's another land that was owned by the waqf and uh, then it uh, was sold by these four individuals who you named uh, and the person uh, who told us that this is waqf land uh, is actually the so what happens that the the waqf owns land which is controls it directly and then it has a land which it leases out to some people who take care of that land and if something grows on that land they you know they they have the right to go sell it and make money out of it but they do not have the right to sell that land to anyone 
and what uh, Mr. Wahid Ahmed, who's the caretaker currently, who we met and we've quoted, he told us that this is Waf land. He produced documents that say this is Waf land. And he said that one of the earlier caretakers in the 90s, when he died, um, his he named this land in his son's ownership, which was illegal then. And they fought a long protracted battle again, uh, these two families over this piece of land. But while the status of this land was in question, it was before the commissioner, it was before the court, the four brothers, the Alams, so sell it to uh, Harish Patak and Kusum Patak in 2017. And mm -hmm. you know, with the court orders, we have several uh, records that show that uh, Mr. Alam's ownership of that land was stayed by the court. So why is, how can he sell it to, you know, to other individuals? And then to the, those two bought it for two crores in 2017. And then, of course, you know, most recently, uh, they have now sold it to Ravi Mohan Tiwari, who happens to be a relative of the mayor, Rishikesh Upadhyay, and Sultan Ansari, who then sold it to the trust. So, right. it, it, you know, land record uh, keeping is such a complicated and confusing case uh, matter all uh, across the board in Uttar Pradesh and I think North India. And over mm -hmm. that, you have these murky dealings. So I, mm -hmm. I, we've been trying to report on it. And even we had to invest so much time in just understanding the basics of how these things work. But yeah, essentially, it turns out that this was buff land, which is now gone to the trust. And that's, that's scandalous mm -hmm. enough, I think. Right. And uh, Basan, now I want to ask you, in the next report, you all talk about a piece of land that belongs to a Mahant called Devendra Prasad Charya. Um, now, this small piece of 890 square meter sized land is called Gata 135. Uh, and on February 20th this year, a person named Deep Narayan has bought it. Um, person, can you tell us who is Deep Narayan and how much does he buy this land for? Deep Narayan is a BJP. We have been talking about BJP. और यहां के मेयर है ऋषिकेश उपाध्याय जो खुद बीजेपी के नेता है उनके सगे भांजे हैं तो दीप नारायण ने दरअसल जमीन खरीदी फरवरी महीने में इसी साल और 20 लाख रुपए में जमीन खरीदकर 3 महीने बाद लगभग 11 मई को उन्होंने वही जमीन 2.5 करोड़ रुपए में बेच दिया ट्रस्ट को करीब मतलब 3 उनको भी उस जमीन को बेचने का राइट्स नहीं था क्योंकि वो जमीन नजूल की है नजूल यानी सरकारी तो देवेंद्र प्रसाद आचार्य मीडिया में आए और उन्होंने कहा कि जो मेयर है ऋषिकेश उपाध्याय वो आए और उन्होंने कहा कि ट्रस्ट को जमीन चाहिए इसलिए हमने उनको दे दिया और उन्होंने दरअसल ट्रस्ट को ट्रस्ट के नाम पे जमीन मांगी लेकिन जमीन गया उनके भांजे के नाम पे और इस तरीके से 20 लाख रुपए में एक जमीन खरीदकर और तीन महीने बाद वो ट्रस्ट को बेच दी गई ढाई करोड़ रुपए में। And on June 21st, finally, an inquiry was set up by the district magistrate to trace the ownership of this particular land number 135. Now, this inquiry, from what I understand, really questions the ownership uh, claimed by Mahan Devendra Prasadcharya of the land, right? Uh, why and what does the inquiry then end up concluding? So the Inquiry was set up after, I think, Arch Tak went to Mr. Prasadacharya and, uh, you know, you can say his co-occupier of that land, 
which is one individual called Bridge Mohandas. Both of them said that this is Nazul ki jameen, which is this is government land. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, Aztec is the most viewed Hindi channel in the country. So that creates a lot of waves. And after that, the district magistrate set up an internal inquiry to find out who does this land actually belong to. Now, uh, the results of that, which we have reported, is that uh, this land uh, and the records here go back to, again, the British era. And we've seen these old brown rusty registers kept from 100 or how many years. And they, uh, we went to the department, the land records department, and there were some officials sitting around that register, and they were trying to trace the ownership of this property. And they found that in 1931, it was owned by an individual. He actually had a mode of ownership. It's again a, a colonial, uh, you know, um, colonial transaction. It, I don't think it exists anymore. But uh, people used to call it back then the Maliki Ala. That is. Uh, I have a land, uh, it is government land, I have the full right to own it, and I can also sell it. And I think in modern times, we call it freeholding, that is, if a government gives its own land for freeholding to anyone, that person can sell that land. So I think it, this is what 1931 records say that the land was owned by. Um, then uh, in another register they opened, they found that in the 1950s and 1960s, it used to be owned by uh, this one man, Ganesh Prasad. And Ganesh Prasad had taken that land uh, from his father called Ram Sharan Prasad. And uh, that was the all the history it could give us till the 1960s. Then we come to 2017, that is the last finding in that report, was that it was registered in the name of Vishwanath Prasadacharya, who is the guru of Devendra Prasadacharya. So here, it's not really son, uh, it does not pass from father to son, but land here passes from your guru to your chela. Uh, and mm-hmm. the chela or the protege is Mr. Uh, Devendra Prasadacharya who sold the land. And it said that we found that this is government land and Prasadacharya did not have the right to sell it. So basically what and we you, end And you up- get all this from the records or does Bridge Mohandas tell you this when you sort of sit down with him? So uh, Devendra Prasadacharya said it on record on Archdak. Uh, Bridge Mohan right. tells us on record. And then mm-hmm. when the land records department, then when they finally did their work, they drafted a report to the DM, which we got hold of. And this report said this is government land. So what ends up happening finally is that <laughs> the relative of the mayor bought government land, which he did not have the right to buy. And then three months later, he sells it at an overinflated price to the trust. So you can clearly see that this BJP mayor, he uh, is getting, you know, the trust uh, is mostly funded by Indians who've contributed to the collection drive by the Sangh Parivar last year. That money is going into the pockets in, uh, of a relative of the mayor. So it, it, I think it's pretty damning uh, how we can show the, the trail of money coming into the pockets of this one BJP politician. Hmm. Now, I also want to ask you all a little bit about the, the process of reporting this story, right? Uh, a lot of the times we're constantly reporting on a crime that occurs and we go there, uh, we talk to people, we speak to witnesses if possible, we speak to the police, get a version. There is uh, a sense of a form format that we follow, right? With this case, it's a little different. Uh, can you all tell me, maybe Basant can tell me a little bit about when you got there, 
how were you accessing these records who were you speaking to did you know what you were going to do jab hum log ayodhya pahunche aur ek vyakti se baat kar rahe the aur wo hame zameen ke kagzat samne rakh ke hame samjhane lage kuch kuch to usme bahut si baatein thi jo hamare palle hi nahi pad rahi thi और वो चीज हमारे चेहरे से दिख रहा था वो समझा रहे थे और हमारे चेहरे पे दिख रहा था कि हम जानते नहीं हम समझ नहीं पा रहे क्योंकि हम दोनों अभी उस उम्र में नहीं है जहाँ पे हम जमीन के बारे में और खरीद बिक्री जमीन में कैसे क्या हो रहा है उसकी समझ हमें हो क्योंकि अभी हम दोनों मतलब देखा जाए तो हमारे परिवार में दूसरे लोग पिताजी और उनके पिताजी जमीन की देखभाल कर रहे हैं तो हमें जमीन को उतनी समझ नहीं थी लेकिन धीरे 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 पढ़ते पढ़ते ऐसा हुआ कि हम लोगों ने स्टोरी ब्रेक करना शुरू कर दिया और मुश्किल रहा क्योंकि मामला इतना पेचीदा जैसे आयुष ने पहले बताया कि जमीन के मामले में रिकॉर्ड अगर हम देखे जाए तो ऐसी ऐसी भाषा का इस्तेमाल किया गया है जो जो हमें समझ नहीं आ रही थी उर्दू में और इस तरीके का लाइन लिखते हैं जिसको पढ़ने में कम से कम तीन बार चार बार हमें रिपीट हिंदी में ही लिखा होता है लेकिन उसको पढ़ने में हमारा दिमाग बिल्कुल कम से कम दस बार पढ़ने को समझ में आता है कि ये लाइन ये इस लाइन में ये ये कहना चाह रहे हैं तो ये और उसके बाद एक नया शहर है और आप इन्वेस्टिगेशन कर रहे हैं और वो भी समय आपके पास बहुत कम है लॉकडाउन में ज्यादातर ऑफिस बंद है तो ये इस बार हमें मुश्किल रहा और आ, लेकिन चीजें मिल जा रही थी थोड़ी थोड़ी कोशिश करने के बाद और अब तो जमीन की समझ काफी हो गई सात आठ दिन रिपोर्ट करने के बाद Uh, I think uh, in Uttar Pradesh, you know the uh, the what sometimes we find that things do not function at all, and that is you know the big uh, bad thing that most reports that critically try to look at what's happening in the state, how the government functions, the society functions. Uh, that's what we end up with. You know, the, all the bizarre stories in the newspapers mostly come from either Uttar Pradesh or Bihar, but that thing also turns into your advantage. if you can use that dysfunctional system to get out information so if the system is dysfunctional the people at the receiving end of course because of it but then also has so many leaking uh, loopholes that uh, if you just reach the right point of contact that if you just uh, find a way around something that is does the that you know because things do not work you have to find a way around it uh that that can be exploited to your advantage and then you can start digging out stuff so uh, up has an igrs portal which some so helps in getting out records and i think uh when the whole story was breaking uh, i mean aap amani party broke the first thing but after that uh, not many were looking outside that one village where amani party had found those records and the only novel thing we did is to start looking outside that one particular area and we searched other districts and you know lo and behold we had some uh, mm-hmm. thing to uh, report on so it was new and it was exciting but it's also it can get tiring and it can you can really we've been waking we were sleeping at 3 am on most of the nights we've been here but then yeah. uh, i think you know the, if you can do it then it's uh, it's fun doing it so now i've read the three reports and they're quite in depth but i must admit that for someone who might not have followed the ayodhya case very consistently including myself it can seem quite confusing and quite uh, frustrating or probably intimidating to read right and i can imagine i can only imagine how confusing and frustrating it must have been for you all to report on such an in depth manner 
Um, so I want to ask both of you uh, two questions and you can answer it separately or together, uh, preferably in a line or so, so that our listeners can really get the essence of your reportage, right? Um, so I want to know from both of you as you've extensively covered this, one, why is this story so important to be said and what does it really reveal at the crux of it? हम लोग ये रिपोर्ट इसलिए कर रहे हैं क्योंकि जब ये समाजवादी पार्टी और आम आदमी पार्टी ने एलिगेशन लगाया कि ऐसा कुछ हो रहा है तो ट्रस्ट में भारत के अलग अलग नागरिकों ने पैसे दिए हैं और भारत सरकार ने सुप्रीम कोर्ट के कहने के बाद ट्रस्ट का निर्माण इसलिए किया क्योंकि मंदिर निर्माण ठीक ढंग से हो क्योंकि ये लंबे समय से एक प्रक्रिया चलती आ रही थी तो ऐसे में ट्रस्ट पर ही सवाल उठने लगे जो राम मंदिर का निर्माण करा रहा है तो इसमें शंका होती है इसलिए हम यहाँ पहुंचे और हमने रिपोर्ट किया और जिस तरीके से लोग रिपोर्ट को देख रहे हैं पढ़ रहे हैं हम खुद सोशल मीडिया पे देखते हैं तो उससे लगा कि लोग जानना चाह रहे थे कि सच में क्या हो रहा है वजह यह है कि दरअसल इस पूरे मसले को भारत की बहुत सारी मीडिया ने या कहा जाए कि नब्बे मीडिया ने कवर ही नहीं किया आज आप देखिए कि हाँ हम लगातार अभी फैजाबाद अयोध्या में है और हम यहाँ के अखबारों को पढ़ रहे हैं ये यहाँ का लोकल अखबार है और ये देश का मुद्दा है बड़ा मुद्दा है कि ट्रस्ट पर आरोप लग रहे हैं कि सस्ती जमीन जहाँ जो जो जमीन 20 लाख में कोई खरीद रहा है फरवरी में उसको वो खरीद रहे हैं ढाई करोड़ में जो जमीन कोई ढाई दो करोड़ में दस मिनट पहले खरीद रहा है वो अठारह करोड़ में खरीद रहे हैं तो ये नेशनल मुद्दा बना तमाम कुछ टी चैनल इसको दिखाया लेकिन यहाँ के स्थानीय अखबारों में ये दिखता ही नहीं है तो इसलिए जरूरी था ताकि इसको हम लोगों के सामने लाएं और जिस तरीके से लोग इसको देख और पढ़ रहे हैं तो लग रहा था कि लोग इंतजार भी कर रहे थे निधि आप देखें ट्विटर पे कई लोगों ने लिखा कि न्यूज लॉन्ड्री ये रिपोर्ट कर सकता है हमें न्यूज लॉन्ड्री से ही उम्मीद थी हमने कई ट्वीट ऐसे देखे अपने खबर के नीचे तो इसलिए ये जरूरी रिपोर्ट थी करनी जो जहां तक मुझे लगता है एंड आयुष या सो आई थिंक यू नो दुल राम जन्मभूमि मूवमेंट वॉज द हाईलाइट ऑफ द यू नो यूथ ऑफ माई parents of even our editors and it was a huge thing for someone going into the in the 90s you know it's remember it's one of those uh, events where people ask you know where were you the day babri masjid fell you know because people remember these things and that was a platform used by a political party to build this nationwide dominance which still continues and will continue for a while so uh, it was interesting that you know after uh, a political goal was accomplished and after the two highest bodies of the land the supreme court set up the trust and the members of it were you know nominated by the prime minister's office and those are the most um, you know uh, highest offices one is an institution other is an elected office and the body that these two uh, uh, offices came and they uh, elected these 15 people who run the trust Now, what what they've been doing, and the their shady dealings, their you know the murky middlemen, that is of course going to be a subject of scrutiny, and over that you can you know take that uh, account for the fact that the money that has been going into the pockets of a local politician here, who's not even won uh, you know a Vidhan Sabha election in his life. it is the money of the people of india it's the people my family you know i don't believe in uh, politics like this but i know my family gave 200 rupees for this i know basant also basant's family also gave uh, money 
when the uh, when the sang parivar folks showed up at our house so mm-hmm. and lakhs and probably crores of people gave i think the total money that the vhp sites is 3200 crores so in a trust uh, that has holds so much importance if something's not going well there then you know that not just says something about that trust but also about how uh, you know things work in india especially things that uh, people uh, connect with faith and or politics and faith uh, second what it what it reveals is, is plain corruption you know this is good old corruption and um, uh, certain governments you know they came into the fore because they ran a huge campaign against corruption a decade ago in the annam movement but when they are in power the things are hardly any different but that this good old corruption happens under the garb of faith and the piety is about ram in the name of ram you know so uh, that, that that's the more revealing bit that if you peel the onion if you take off ram ji then you take off the mandir then you take off uh, hindu hriday samrat hindu samaj in the core of it it's just some people making money uh that is uh, given by public in good faith to them so that says the nature it's a lot about your nature of your politics and your uh, you know uh, institutions all right basant and ayush thank you so much for your time congratulations on this stellar work i'm a very proud colleague uh now before i let you guys go let's give our listeners some recommendations ayush basant who wants to go first मैं तो काफी देर पहले ही सोच लिया था कि मैं चाहूंगा कि जो भी हमें सुन रहे हैं अब तक तीन रिपोर्ट हमारी आ चुकी है जो इंग्लिश में और हिंदी दोनों भाषाओं में है वेबसाइट पे है और कुछ रिपोर्ट हम कर रहे हैं तो आप अयोध्या से जो मैं और आयुष रिपोर्ट कर रहे हैं उससे पढ़ें माय रिकमेंडेशन इज यू नो वन जर्नलिस्ट हुरेंद्र झा हुई रोड फॉर कैरवैन आई रिमेम्बर बट a uh, few years ago he came out with a book called ascetic games which um, is about uh, politics between the the sadhus and the maharaj and the mahans in ayodhya and you know the later on in the book you read about vhp and rss and how they came to ayodhya a lot of people here you know not every sant mahant in ayodhya likes rss rss vhp some of them hate them Mm-hmm. so uh, you know they like to say that when the in 1984 the sang parivar came in ayodhya they did, they did not own anything uh, compared to now when they own so much land in ayodhya and they exert so much influence uh, dhiren's book ascetic games it's a great narrative of how these akhadas uh, and these mandirs in ayodhya work and it it gives a very very fresh perspective on the ram janmabhoomi movement which it's completely absent uh, so i think that would be my recommendation and if you're listening to this podcast on platforms like spotify or stitcher remember we have a website newsdontry.com you should log on to the website and check out the other cool stuff that we do like um, you know we do ground reports we do interviews we have an nls recess series so definitely go and check out all this cool stuff right and i would also recommend uh, ayushan basan's reports um, and stay tuned for more of their reports Uh, apart from that on a very different topic i also want to recommend this particular piece in the atlantic uh it's titled there's never been a story like britney spears and i'm fully aware of how i <laughs> how different the topics are we'll be discussing in this one uh, this particular story goes back to trace the conservatorship uh that her father holds on her life in some form it sort of imprisons her in almost a metaphorical and literal form 
uh, but and that story has been told especially through this one documentary that came out a while ago but is not available on any of the streaming platforms uh, it's called Britney for the record but this article sort of looks at um, the emancipation narratives that have come out of this Britney Spears story uh, even though Britney Spears herself is still going through a case and there's a there's there's going to be a court hearing sometime this month um, and there's there's a lot of campaigning around her. There's one of the most fa famous slogans is Free Britney, which has caught on to many other pop stars and, and uh, has set off a, a sort of movement. Uh, so this piece traces that movement and, and tells us what the Britney Spears uh, movement really did for the pop culture and uh, music scene. Uh, those are my recommendations. Thank you, Basant and Ayush, for joining us. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.